and welcome back to another installment of the Uninformed Gamers Podcast. Pew, 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 pew. I am one of your hosts joining you today. As always, you know me, you love me, and you unfortunately can never beat me in racing games. I am the one, the only, Darkness Tiger. I am joined today by my two favorite co-hosts in the world. First up is our good friend to the podcast, Mr. Rat Dreams Review. Mason, what's going on? Hello. Happy to have you. It's always good to be here. All right now. And then the other host is my brother from the same mother, introducing I Chameleon, also known as Chris. Yo, you made me actually laugh there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Another mother. I was like, well, but we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we literally aren't. We're from the same mother. But in my defense, Chris, I actually had to stop myself before I said another mother. I was like, from the same mother. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's going on, guys? How's it been? It's been good. It's been very good. Um, I'm feeling a little bit older. Yeah, you had a birthday. I did. I did. I can officially say I'm into my 30s. So you turned 30 this year, correct? No, 31. 31. Oh, snap. You are an old man. No, I, I turned 30 last year. Wasn't able to do anything too crazy because, you know, COVID's a thing. Um, but this year I was able to, you know, do much more because, you know, some of the restrictions are, you know, lessened. I'm vaccinated. So, I mean, it was, I felt safer to uh, celebrate. So. How does it feel turning 31? Was it like, since you already turned 30, was 31 just kind of like a, just another year? Was yeah, it kind of like that, an milestone? It was kind of like a meh. Hmm. You know, it's just like, oh boy, I'm older. <laughs> Understandable, because I think, uh, Chris, you're 31 now, correct? That is correct. Wow, I'm the youngest person here yeah. by a lot. <laughs> it, was, it was really nice. Um, uh, my wife and I, we went to a vineyard um drank heavily both wine and beer um ate heavily and ate very well and then on sunday had some of my family over for a celebration and i was surprised with a new laptop congratulations my man what kind of laptop is it so it is a asus laptop uh i don't have the specs readily available on on me uh, it is a, oh, here we go. It's a 14 inch touchscreen AMD Ryzen 5, 8 gigabyte memory uh, for the RAM, and then 256 gigabyte solid state drive. That's spicy right there. So it, it's, a, it's very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. This is my first time having a solid state drive uh, laptop. Oh, wow. So it's a, so it's a lot uh, different than my old one. Yes, this like the hard uh, the hard drive space is reduced a little bit, but it is just kind of optimized. Yeah. Do you re- do you recommend? I mean, I like Asus in general. Um, they're probably my favorite brand when it comes to laptops. Um, so far, I've had no issues with the, the new laptop itself. Uh, since I just got it, I haven't had a chance to fiddle with my uh, sound settings. So I wanted to record the podcast with you guys on that one, but I kept on having difficulty with the mic. 
So I have to fiddle around with that. And hopefully next week, um, it'll be right as rain. All right. We're looking forward to it. Chris, what's been going on in your world, brother man? Oh, same old man. Lots of work. And then, uh, yeah, gaming. Um, Been playing uh, Dead by Daylight lately. Um, I finished that uh, Agatha Christie ABC Murders game. Actually, so, fantastic. What was the total time on the Agatha Christie's? I think about six or seven hours. Okay, so it can be done in a couple settings. Yeah, yeah. Fairly, fairly short, it seems. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was really well done. It was so like, if I had to rate it, I'd rate it about um, an eight out of ten. Yeah, and mainly because it was the sometimes it was very quirky on how to like interact with the puzzles so like for example you might have to like pull apart this like suitcase but some you have to like flip around the damn thing and okay i gotta go here and do this but it's it's not always the clearest thing like it's it's really hard to interact it, like it's kind of buggy in a way um but i did get through it and i, I really enjoyed it it was uh, it was a really cool murder story well okay. good eight out of ten is still pretty high praise yeah, it was like it, it, like like I said, listeners. If you guys like um, if you guys like those type of murder stories, I love them. Um, those, if you're like you're you're the detective, the private eye, um, it's uh, it's it's a great it's a great great thing. Um, and it, now, is that on Game Pass? Or did you pick it up on a Black Friday sale? I actually picked it up on a Black Friday sale. Normally, it was twenty bucks, and I got it for three. You know, I cannot recall the last game I actually bought with my own money. uh i bought a few actually over black friday so i can't say the same thing see there was there was uh, what did you buy over black friday uh there was the agatha christie game i bought uh guardians of the galaxy because i heard really good things about that um tale tales of arise i got that um there may have been one more have you you played tales of arise yet because i hear good things about it I really enjoy the story so far. The combat's okay, yeah, uh, but the story is actually very solid. I, I feel like we just went hovered over the elephant in the room. Guardians of the Galaxy. We have not yet talked about that on this podcast, to my knowledge. Played. I have so, not played it yet. <laughs> so you've had Guardians of the Galaxy. You actually paid money for Guardians of the Galaxy, and you've not yet played it. No, no, absolutely least- not. I had other <laughs> like I had a, a I have a order of progression. <laughs> that's I mean, that's going to be third. So, like, after I beat Tales of Arise, Guardians of the Galaxy comes next. I mean, I can't fault you. The Guardians of the Galaxy, though it looked good, just did not really seem like my cup of tea. And that's why I'm like, "Mm, would I put money for that? Probably not. During the Black (laughs) Friday sale, there was two games that were kind of on my radar. But after upon more uh, research and me actually looking at my bank account, I'm like, I'll pass. Uh, The first one being Cyberpunk 2077 was finally on sale. And I just, I was curious. I was just like, okay, so has the game improved in the year's time? And the answer was, well, the bugs, a lot of the bugs are fixed, not all of them, but it's still not the game that you thought it would be. So I'm like, "Mm, I'll wait. And uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and the only reason I didn't pick that up is because I don't want another 200-hour commitment for a video game. Yeah, because that's a long long time right there. Yeah, Yeah. that's the reason why I, I have Yakuza on my Xbox, 
and I don't think I'm going back to it. Not because the term you already know by you guys know my opinions on turn-based games. Yes, yeah. we that know hate them. Yes, and it does not help Yakuza at all. <laughs> First off, it's not a weirdo. It's just yeah. I feel like I can do better combat than me taking turns. I don't like playing a game of chess when I can just beat sure. their ass. So, like um, speaking of like combat systems that um, take a, a shift from like turn-based elements, but are still RPGs. Yeah. The one good thing about Final Fantasy X-2 was the combat system because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't turn-based. It was very like um, freeform and open. I don't know if you played the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I have not, no. But the, the combat in X-2 was very similar to that where um, it's not turn-based. Like think, think Kingdom Hearts in terms of uh, combat. Is it weird that are you now are you referring to X two or ten two? I mean, it's the same thing. I right? know, but the fact but the fact that you're saying ten two is like really bothering me for no reason. Well, I mean, I can say X two. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean that that was like the only redeeming quality about that game. Shots fired. Shots fired. Um, Cancel. Was the uh, combat system and then the garment grid system was very innovative and unique. But other than that, the the game's garbage. You know what's really depressing? What? Final Fantasy X two was the only Final Fantasy I ever beat. That's kind of that's actually very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know, think I've ever. I, I'm beat not gonna Final lie, like <laughs> no lie, like that that's very sad. But but Chris, I fully get what you're saying. Is it because like they're long games? They are. Yeah. Um. You know what's funny? I don't know how. 10-2 came up in this conversation, but uh, it actually just came to Game Pass. I saw that! Yeah. <laughs> I saw so it's that. funny that you mention it. Yeah, you know what uh, uh, came to PlayStation now was uh, Final Fantasy X. So top uh, tip for us, uh, the gamers out there, if you really want to play a terrible Final Fantasy game, you don't have to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... Oh, yeah, whatchamacallit, guys. I have not told you about my week. My week has been absolutely hell. Over the past week, I have been in three countries. Yeah. Mexico, the United States, and Canada. Now, I travel, as the listeners probably know by now, I travel a lot for work. I am not a flight attendant. I kind of wish I was at this point. And um, on my final flight back from Mexico, because today we're going to be off uh, traveling for the holiday season, at least to Mexico, um, I checked my luggage and the airport that I left out of is a very small airport. Like it only has two gates. That's how small it is. Um, check my luggage or whatever. And I see that the conveyor belt behind the flight people, uh, the flight desk people, I don't know what they're called, uh, is not moving. And I don't know why, but something in my head just noted that I'm like, that's suspicious. And I'm not sure why. So I get all the way to Mexico City, where I can fly from Mexico City back into the United States. And um, as I'm checking in for my flight in Mexico City, they're just like, um, we noticed that your luggage has not yet made it onto the plane. And again, I've already flown one plane to get here. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure it'll get there. It'll be its own timing and thing. And um, I sit down in my first class seat and a flight attendant comes up and says, hey, just letting you know, your luggage is not on this plane. And I'm I'm like, "Um, okay. She's like, what we can do is we can wait a little bit longer just to see if they're going to bring it. I'm just like, 
well, you can you guys want to wait like a, two minutes or whatever. She was like, two minutes is about what we're going to do. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't, don't feel like you need to slow the whole plane down for me. I'll see it at the end of this journey. She's like, okay, great. After two minutes, she comes up and she was like, it never made it on. I said, all right, deal. So then I fly all the way home to Cleveland. I make a report basically saying that, hey, my luggage uh, is MIA. I lost my luggage on Thursday. It is now Wednesday and I have not heard or seen it from it again. Yeah. So half of my clothes and uh, a quarter of my shoes are now gone. That's terrible. I mean, hopefully really you bad. hear back and hopefully it turns up. Well, tomorrow, um, if I don't hear anything by the end of today, tomorrow I have to contact United again and basically say, hey, y'all aren't going to find this shit. Just give me a check. Because apparently United will cut you a check if they lose your luggage. And uh, my luggage. Well, good. Max. Max it out. Whatever they say, it it was worth double that. Well, well, what you call it? The max that the max amount that you can do without having to provide documentation is fifteen hundred dollars. Perfect. That's so, what it was. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Considering I had bought some brand new clothes, like yeah, I only have two pairs of pants right now, and that's all of my, and all of my underwear was in my luggage. That is complete garbage. I didn't. Really, I didn't realize <laughs> I didn't realize all of my underwear was in the luggage until the next day after I'd gotten home. I'm just like, well, let me take a quick shower. And I'm like, oh, I don't have any underwear. So it's been kind of stressful. So I've just been dealing with that major headache. And I've only just been playing Forza Horizon 5, which I am really a big fan of. But um, I'm already starting to see it's starting to get a little bit dull for me. Yes, but anyhow. Yeah, because it's there's only so much you can do, and um, before you're just kind of like, all right, move on to the next part. But they do keep little activities to keep you interested, and it's a lot of fun. I feel like I would have more fun if I actually had a, uh, a mic so that I can listen to people, but I do not. So it is what it is. So since you've been doing that, have you had a chance to dive into um, Halo Infinite more? I have literally not. I I thought about that today. I'm like, I know the story mode just came out or it's coming out and I can easily hop in and play, but I have not had the time or opportunity, but I'm going to definitely play some more this week. What about you, uh, Chris? Were you able to dive more into uh, Halo Infinite? I've been playing the multiplayer. I have not played the story because it, I believe it just released at one Eastern time. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe. like I... It seems overall the reception of Halo Infinite, when you consider both the story and the multiplayer, uh, fans seem to be pretty happy. And uh, Metacritic itself gave it, uh, what was it, a 87 out of 100? Yeah, yeah the yeah. reception has been pretty positive overall. Because, Chris, I think you shared um, an article basically saying it's like the highest rated game this year for Xbox. Um, No, that was... It was technically Flight Sim. Okay, okay. Yeah, because Flight Sim no, got it a perfect it ten. Okay, Forza Horizon. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, because going from what when we first saw Halo Infinite to like all the jokes, basically saying how cartoony it looked, how it's going to be crap, right. to to now, it looks. Major it, I mean, it looks amazing. Um, and mm-hmm. from what I've seen, I personally haven't played it, but um. It, it looks very good, and from what I understand, it's rekindling a lot of people's memories of like old school Halo. Yes, which um, is awesome to hear. 
Yeah, Mason, if you uh, if you ever download it on your computer, because, you know, Game Pass, you let me know. I will. In, uh, we'll all queue up, the three of us. I'm down. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to download it on my new laptop, because it, it can handle it. Are you sure your new laptop can handle it, Mason? It couldn't handle hopping on a podcast. <laughs> well, that's didn't mess with my sound settings. <laughs> I think we really should. I think that that's something people want to see. If one of you guys wants to stream it, I would be down in participating with that. Um, and you know I'm going to be better than both of you, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know. Chris is pretty good at Halo. Oh, yeah, I know. Chris is going to murk me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good at most shooters. <laughs> yeah. Is there a shooter? Actually, let me take a quick sidebar, Chris. Is there a shooter you're bad at? Like a shooter you're just not into, you're not good at? Because you're um, always better than I. All right. Yes. Fortnite, I fucking suck. Oh, I'm dude. Real bad. Me, me too. I tried it like maybe once and I'm like, yeah, this is not for me. Um, Why do you think that is? Because of the building. It's, yeah. too, you, it's too much for me at my age. I'm like, dude, I can't multitask like this anymore. I was like, I just can't do it. I just don't have those type of reflexes. And, and like, and like uh, Fortnite doesn't, it doesn't feel like a shooter. No, it feels like, hey, who's going to build this tower first and snipe down on the yeah. other dude? Like, it's silly. Um, so I'm not great at that one. Um, Fortnite's pretty I'm ridiculous, also, honestly. Like, I said Fortnite's pretty ridiculous, not to yeah. get off topic, um, but their recent expansion or even their... Uh, expansions in the past they've just been adding just odd things to the game itself whether it be from like naruto to uh spider-man to superman to now even dwayne the rock johnson hell yeah get him in there get, I'm, I'm all for dwayne the rock I mean, johnson. I'm, I'm for it too don't get me wrong like, i love the rock he's fucking great but it's just like what is fortnite not going to put in their game who knows um yeah, because they've even got uh, they got Marcus Phoenix in there, Master yep. Chief. Um, yep. uh, what's his name from God of War? Kratos. Kratos. Um, yep. They've literally yep. got just about <laughs> everyone. I'm su- I'm surprised Mario's not in there yet, but we know yep. Nintendo's got a lock on that. Well, yeah. I can tell you what's not going to be in Fortnite is any Sony VPs. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll but uh, to answer later. your question, awesome Rainbow Six Siege. I'm real average at, but I do enjoy that game not the best i feel like rainbow six is probably one of the better shooters out there but by the time i hopped in my skill level was so beneath anybody who was doing multiplayer it just didn't work out and i think that that's a main portion of shooting games is you really if you especially want to be competitive online you really have to hop in early like if you hop in two three months after the fact and you hop online you're you're going to be discouraged pretty rapidly i get smoked smoked ain't that the truth but anywho let's talk about something a little bit different last week i challenged you guys to see if you guys can look up and really be able to define what an nft non-fungible token is were either of you able to do any kind of research on the nft so we can list so we can talk to our nft listeners maybe next time no so like (laughs) so for me i i mean i just know like the bare minimum of what a nft is so i can contribute a little bit mm-hmm. um and i will try to adhere to the the rules of the challenge where we are not allowed to refer it as a, a specific thing yeah you can't say you cannot say anything negative <laughs> so um 
the reason why we bring this up is because the video game publishing company uh, Ubisoft is now selling NFTs as a part of their portfolio. And if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, they are one of, if not the first video game company to start doing this. They they are the first one. Uh, other major publishers, uh, I think Square Enix and Sega, have talked about it, but Ubisoft is the first one to actually do it. Gotcha. And so, I mean, essentially the um, Cliff Notes version of what a NFT is or a non-fungible token, um, at least according to uh, Wikipedia, <laughs> is it's a unique and non-interchangeable unit of data stored on a digital ledger and they can be associated with easily uh, reproducible items such as photos, videos, 3D models, audio, and other types of digital files as a uh, unique item. They also use what is called blockchain technology to provide uh, proof of ownership and that's the kind of like bare bones uh, co- copy and paste definition of what a NFT is according to uh, Wikipedia. And I think the main question is, is is not necessarily like, oh, what exactly is an NFT? Because it's basically, like, I consider it digital art. But the question is, why are you buying it? And why is Ubisoft getting involved in it? Because everybody knows Ubisoft is the most loved company there is now. They're, they're trying to make a buck. You know what's going on here. They're I, literally trying to make a buck. Well, they did spend a lot of money on that skull and crossbone, so I get they're trying to recoup some oh, of it. Oh, you what, too, soon? <laughs> too soon? Um, <laughs> it's, it's not even out yet. No, it sure isn't. Too soon. <laughs> it ain't going to come out either. Um, but uh, And so what's, inter- what's really interesting about this is when you own a NFT – you don't actually own the like the image itself so it's super weird because you have to deal with copyright with an nft so it's super strange because it doesn't grant you the copyright even if you own the nft of the image or the, the yeah, because, like the yeah, because, rights associated with the image itself that uh ownership belongs to the person who you know registered that um, claim. So yes, you technically own the image, but you don't own it at the same time. It's super weird. So, so basically what Ubisoft is doing, they've had this program called Ubisoft Quartz, which allows players to purchase digits. Digits are in-game weapons, vehicles, and cosmetics, which players can acquire in limited drops and sell freely via crypto wallets. The program relies on Tezos, a proof-of-stake currency, which claims to be energy-efficient. Ubisoft plans to launch Quartz and Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint on December 9th, 2021. The first three of these limited-time digit drops will be free to players who sign up via the company's app. The idea is that Ubisoft Digits will allow players to have unique customizations and ownerships over their in-game items. How unique these customizations and gear actually are remains to be seen. But I think, Mason, this goes back to a point you constantly bring up, is that if you own something digitally, do you actually own it? In, in my personal opinion, I I don't think so, because it, it's something, it's it's non-tangible, right? Um, yeah. it, it's, 
almost uh, imaginary, if you will. Chris, what do you th- what are your thoughts on this? Is this something you can see yourself getting into? Do you know someone who could get into this? Um, I know a few artists that I think they should try it, give it a shot, see if they can make a buck or not. Yeah, to make um, an NFT. Yeah, yeah, I th- I, like um, Mason, our friend Donald. Yeah, I think Donald could probably because um, he's done some graphical. Yeah, I mean, um, D- Donald's art. a very good artist, so I, I definitely mm-hmm. think he could uh, make one. It's just a matter of how to make it. Right, right, yeah. No, I, and if, if anyone's to figure it out, I think he could do it. Oh, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a smart dude. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. I I personally, I think it's a scam. I think. Chris, that's a lot of say scam. Break the game. I'm, Wow. I had to break the game. It's a scam. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, it's I'm, a scam, and I—I I don't know. I there, there is, there is something that like you have this thing where you like, well, I got this thing digitally. I, I own it digitally, but do I really own it? No, not really. <laughs> well, I, I was going down a weird rabbit hole the other day um, because I couldn't sleep, and basically what they're saying is that the price of digital space is going up. Because yeah. not everybody wants to be represented in a digital age. And I'm like, cool. So is the price of real space going down? The answer to that question is also no. People want to just be, have and own everything, that the price of everything is inevitably increasing. If you wanted to just buy just a literal digital, I don't even, I don't even know why you would even do this. If you want to just buy a digital space in the universe or whatever, it's expensive for you to just show off your digital art do you guys think that we're going towards this like ready player one-esque life where everything's in vr we can actually show off our digital acquisitions or was this kind of like just sci-fi fantasy uh well the inner gamer in me would love that type of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean like okay that would be really cool but i it's gonna be a long time before we get to that point. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be cool, and obviously there are you no know, dangers associated with that, as pointed out by you know the the novel of Ready Player One, as well as the film itself. Although the the novel does a much better job at highlighting the pitfalls of a society that relies on uh, technology like that, and we are getting close. Um, to be completely honest. Uh, nowadays with our reliance on uh social media whether it be you know facebook twitter uh instagram etc yeah but that's just the pessimist and uh (laughs) realist in in me speaking i would hate to see the bugs of a all digital world i uh, god i can't even imagine it (laughs) oh it would be awful everything's broken the cops don't chase the rain looks terrible everything we're currently (laughs) seeing now um, oh my God. So what you call it, Chris, you mentioned a little bit earlier about how Mason can really give uh, Halo Infinite a try because he has access to Game Pass. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and as we all know, the reason we talk a lot about Xbox is because of how, objectively speaking, Game Pass is really a great idea and an invention, right? Yes. It, yeah. it, it, it changed the game. It's... It literally changed the game. It's nothing but good for consumers. Like current yeah, in its current state, right. if things stay like this forever, if it stays at the ten to fifteen dollars a month, <laughs> that is damn good for a consumer. 
Absolutely. And one of the questions that we constantly kind of come up, and we see this on uh, Twitter all the time, is like Sony really can't compete with Game Pass. And you have hundreds of games readily available for you. You can stream them via xCloud. It makes it so uh, easy for you. And Sony has finally listened and is just like, you know what? Let's give it a try ourselves. So Sony... I, was this really announced or was this kind of a rumor that this was well, going to no, happen? It, so it was formally announced by uh, Sony Sony Group Corp uh, PlayStation division. Um, they did announce it officially. And um, as reviewed by uh, Bloomberg.com, uh, you know, the service is going to be codenamed Spartacus. Uh, of course it's Spartacus. <laughs> How do you guys feel about that name? So essentially it's going to allow PlayStation owners to pay a monthly fee uh, for access to a catalog of modern and classic games. Um, But those aren't identified yet. Um, Those who were authorized to speak on it, you know, were basically issued a gag order. You know, they're not allowed to talk about it. Um, Very hush hush. But it seems like from what we know, there's like three different tiers to the um, Spartacus pass whatever you want to call it for PlayStation. Uh, what do you guys think of the, the tiers? Um, because I don't know because it's not the same as game pass. And I think that's no. what people are getting confused. It's, it's very different because of, I, I think it's different because of the different tiers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So to go a little bit into the tiers, cause I guess that'll give then I'll be able to tell you what I think. Yes. Um, so Tier one is um, players get a handful of free games per month and players will uh, get access to online multiplayer. Uh, Tier two uh, will offer a bunch of PlayStation 4 and also PlayStation 5 games for users to download, much like Game Pass, along with perks like online multiplayer match access, etc. And then tier three is going to access all the above and also get players special access to demos to demos and games from PlayStation 1, 2, and 3. You know what I really want to play on a Friday night is a PS1 demo. What? <laughs> I, I think it means like demos and the games, but no. No one wants to play a freaking PlayStation 1 demo. No. no you, <laughs> want to play play the full, you want to play the full game. Yeah, exactly. So, want to play the full game. So like if we're comparing apples to apples, this is very different. Like so, Xbox Xbox's Game Pass it throws their uh, first party titles into the into the the subscription day one. So, for example, Halo Halo Infinite the campaign was not free to play. The multiplayer was. So when the campaign came out today, that instantly was already in Game Pass. Yep. PlayStation has no answer for that. Still, even with the Spartacus model. So it's still it's still very different, and then it's it's even more odd that they're throwing in the um, the backwards compatibility that we like and that everyone's been asking for them to do because <laughs> like I know there's some PlayStation One, Two, and Three games I would love to go back and play. Oh yeah, same. And so like like just things that I miss because who because I was stuck on Gears of War for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's. It's very different. So, like, I'm I'm curious. Like, hey, if I get tier three, do I get like 
all these like all of these like PlayStation One, Two, and Three games, or is it just like, a, hey, here's the ones we were able to get? Because even Xbox has uh, struggled to uh, keep their backwards compatibility ah, backwards compatibility program running because it's mm-hmm. it's now been deprecated. Like those yeah. teams are done. Um, but like my they they backwards compatibility everything that they could. <laughs> my 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 question for this uh, PlayStation Game Pass thing is, you know, what what are going to be the costs? Uh, because yes. like currently, I personally have PlayStation Plus, which gives yeah. me access to demos. It gives me access to uh, two to three free games every month. Mm-hmm. And then I get discounts on purchases as well. Um, and I pay, uh, what was it? Roughly, how much, how much is it per year? It's like, it, it's a it's little, 50, cl- right? it's a little close to like a hundred bucks a year. So it's like, um, you know, less than $10 for me a month um, to, to have a PlayStation plus account. So I'm curious what the cost per tier is going to be. And for the highest tier, like how much extra am I going to have to pay now, since I'm a plus member, do I get a discount? Like, what what's the breakdown? You know. So. I yeah, what, I'm, what you and I'm also really curious. Like, like, um, are these games going to be on the cloud? Is yeah. this going to be? Are you going to be able to download these? Because if it's on the cloud to play the PlayStation One, Two, and Three games, I don't even want any part of it. Yeah, because <laughs> it'll, it'll probably lag. Uh, as we've yeah. seen evident with the you know Nintendo, Nintendo. And, and their system, oh, yeah. but to be fair, PlayStation's cloud um, is a lot stronger and and better than Nintendo's. Yeah, I think they use uh, Azure. I think they have they're built they're I think they're either building on Azure or they've been using Azure for a long time. Oh, okay, that's, that's like you. We we all know Azure's good. I think for me, I'm going to probably ask the same questions that were asked of Microsoft when Game Pass was announced. And is the question is, will Sony be willing to go ahead and make that deal, uh, a publisher deal saying, hey, we're going to put your game on our, our, our Game Pass or whatever, our Spartacus program, and in exchange for a certain amount of money? I feel like Sony is less likely to do that for like major, like one-off games. Because right now, I think the average price for a Sony game is like a first party AAA Sony game is 70 bucks. Yes. I, I don't necessarily see Sony doing this with Gran Turismo, doing this with a God of War game, with an Uncharted game. I, I see this more being like the third party indie games that they really don't get a whole lot of attention towards. Because Sony is about the money and they're about the coin. Yes. Whereas Microsoft seems to be more about the consumer. They, I would agree. Microsoft I would definitely has been agree with that. Really invested in the subscriptions, We're pulling people in versus subscriptions because it's more promise money. It's 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 better for a company if you subscribe to something, accurate. Than just owning like a console and you buy a game. Yeah, personally, because Microsoft has gotten quite a lot of money out of me, considering it, it's a monthly subscription. I don't buy games because I don't have to, but yet in the long run, Microsoft is going to win because. I usually don't download every single game, and yet I still pay every single month. Yeah. Right. Um, so we'll see. I hope the very best. I'm hoping to see more information about this. When I pick up my PS5 digital edition, I'm probably going to check this program out, and we'll be able to yeah. relay information back. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out when it releases just to kind of see 
Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably check it out as well. Hopefully it has some backwards compatibility to PlayStation. Yeah, I, I hope so as well. And, um, quick sidebar, because I don't think I had the opportunity to talk about this. And if I have, uh, please interrupt me. Did I ever tell you guys, um, because I went to the X, I finally got onto the Xbox Museum. Did I ever tell you what my number one played games were? Uh, I, I don't think you did tell us, actually. Well, whatchamacallit, yeah, because I'm just like, I feel like I have this list on my phone. I never once said what it was. Yeah, because Chris, so, like Chris, Chris told us his. I didn't tell mine, and you didn't tell yours. Yeah, so like the most played game, and I just want to make sure this game came out. Um, when did this game come out? Because my most played game this year actually went to Outriders. Oh, no way. <laughs> I was very really surprised. Funny. Right, I'm just like, I, I dog this game every chance I got. But it was my most played game this year because I spent a lot of hours actually trying to beat it, a lot of hours grinding, a lot of hours just kind of having fun. Um, my most played game of, um, well, I think it was last year, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Hundreds of hours in that. Before that, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Before that, Forza Horizon 4. And the year before that, which I think was the last year, it's either 2017 or 2018, Mass Effect Andromeda was my number one played game. But the game that I, the most played game of all time in my Xbox career, and Chris, I thought it was going to be exactly what you said. I thought it was going to be Test Drive Unlimited. Me too. It, it was not. What was it? It was Forza Motorsport 2. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. And, and I sat there and I'm like, I literally would play that game for weeks at a time, and I would do nothing. That's kind of surprising that that was your number one. Oh, believe yeah. me, I was I was gooped. <laughs> Dude, it must have been close, because I swear, every time I saw you, you were like, you were sitting there with uh, one of your buddies playing. Yep. Uh, oh, see, we man, a muscle maniac or a Razboa dog. Yeah, muscle maniac. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> You're just like, who's a muscle head, isn't he? No, he's yeah. muscle cars. Uh, I, I, I kind of wish the Xbox Museum would have told you, like, hey, here's your top five most played games of all time. Because when I saw Forza Motorsport 2, and I wish it would have said how much time you spent playing, because now I'm like, well, I need to go back and play. I need to go back and try. And I, I need to go sign back in and see what's up. But yeah. then, but then, Chris, I thought about why Test Drive Unlimited was not my most played game. Because I actually, when I first started playing it, I was playing on your account. Oh, oh my God, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yep. Because I played a good portion of it on Chris's, and then I got it for myself, and I played a good portion. But apparently not as much as I played Forza Motorsport 2, which I think was the first Xbox game I actually got. That's Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So it fits. It, it makes a lot of sense. I, I bet you it was close, though. If, if, if you could have took the time off of my profile and added to your other profile, right? oh, yeah. Yep, it would have been that. It would have been it would have been test drive, probably fours, and then definitely chrome islands. That's it. Um, but <laughs> let's change this up. Uh, let's change the story up. Um, so this is a hard story to kind of yeah. like. There's there's no way to segue into this, but I'm going to try and attempt. Uh, good work, Sony, for um, making a decision to. You basically made a decision Activision refuses to do. And that's fire the individual causing all of the problems. Yes. Um, yep. If you if you're not sure what we're talking about, go online and Google Sony Vice President. Yes. 
That's it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm can, okay. I'm just going to do this out of funny and comedies. I'm just going to type in Sony VP or Vice President. I'm going to type in Sony Vice President. I'm going to go over to news. Oh, and man, the first headline is not good. Is not a good look. Uh, do you guys want to know what the headline says? What does it say? So again, I'm just reading the news. We're not going to talk about the story. We're not going to talk about anything. Vigilante leads successful pedophilia sting against Sony. And that's where the headline just cuts off. Oh, God. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. That is not, that is not, that is, wow, that's clickbait. That is nothing but clickbait. Oh, my God. It's yeah, very clickbait. And the problem, like, I don't think not it's not accurate. I don't think it, it is clickbait because Vigilante, okay. But I love how, like, the article, because, like, it cuts off the article. If you click on the article, it actually expands on the full thing more. But because it can only give you a short bit, it says, Vigilante's lead successful pedophilia thing against Sony. (laughs) One, it's not against Sony. It it was against an individual who worked for Sony. It was the senior, uh, what was it, senior vice president? Yep, senior vice president of the PSN. So I mean I do I mean technically speaking it was a vigilante group it was uh, what people versus pred was it people versus preds I don't know I I yeah, like that I, I forget what the the name of the group was but um, you know I do give them um, accolades and I do applaud them for their work for sure uh, for catching this guy. Yeah, and it's good to see that Sonny was quick. There was no questions. They didn't release a memo saying we're going to do a further internal investigation. They were just like, "Nope." Yeah, as soon as they as soon as they heard the news, they took the executive decision and were very quick to just be like, "All right, you know what? The individual in question has been terminated." Yeah, and if this and if this would have happened at Activision Blizzard, the guy would have gotten a golden parachute on the way out. Probably would have gotten a CEO. Hey, uh, Activision. You can't tell. I'm looking at you right now. You know what you yeah. mean. <laughs> hey, Activision, stay off Grinder. Yes. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, here's here's why I say that. Because in this story, that's how this this tra- transpired, Chris, on Grinder. Yes, that's how they caught the guy. <laughs> and it, like I have to say, it was like the, it was like. To catch a predator 101 on how they caught this guy. Yeah, it for real like, was. Like 101. And again, we're not going to go into details because it's gross. I'm glad this guy's fired. Hope he spends a lifetime in prison. Um, just go ahead and just Google Sony Vice President, click on news, and go on a very long, disgusting deep dive. Uh, yep. But l- let's go ahead and let's change up to something a little bit on the positive side. Yes, agreed. So Grand Theft Auto Five again. We I hate that we talk about Grand Theft Auto Five every time we're on the podcast. I swear, we're gonna, we're, you know what? After this episode, we're going to do a Grand Theft Auto Five embargo. We will no longer be talking about <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Five at all. You know, you know, real quick. You know what's funny about this? Grand hmm. Theft Auto has popped up. I think at this point more than Jade Empire. <laughs> the top three is Jade Empire, Cyberpunk, and Grand Theft Auto Five, or Blizzard. Or Blizzard. <laughs> We're gonna do actually if any listener is out there, if you're keeping track of which one we save more, if you can actually find out which 
uh, name we mentioned more, whether it's Activision, Blizzard, uh, Cyberpunk, or Jade Empire, and you do the actual numbers and math, I will personally Venmo you a hundred bucks because now I'm curious to see which. (laughs) You've heard it. You've heard my words. I will mark it down. (laughs) If you can tell us which one we've mentioned the most, I will Venmo you a (laughs) hundred dollars. I really hope someone messages you. I really do too, because now I'm curious to see what's going to happen. But this, anywho, going back to Grand Theft Auto Five, our last time we're talking about it. So finally, Grand Theft Auto and Rockstar has done something that we have been asking for for a very long time. Did they release an update for Grand Theft Auto Six? No, they didn't. Did they cancel Grand Theft Auto Five? No, they didn't. But they finally released some story-based content featuring Franklin, who has not been featured in story since 2013. So they're actually expanding on the multiplayer with more story-based content, bringing Dr. Dre into the fold. I have not played Grand Theft Auto V in a very long time, but I think this might be what gets me back. Oh, man, they're going to pull you back like they do the people with Skyrim, huh? <laughs> First off, I'm not Dana. I don't think so. Can we get Dana? Because let's get Dana on the next episode. Because I want to. No, I want to interrogate. We need, we need a like a Skyrim special with him. Yeah, it must be titled the the guy who keeps buying Skyrim. Yeah, <laughs> but no. Every time I turn around, go ahead. But no, Grand Theft Auto Five. It's good to see they're releasing story based content, and it's good to see that the content is actually worthwhile. Putting Dr. Dre and actually having him release music really actually kind of puts a. a, a a feather in Rockstar's cap because that tells me, okay, you're willing, you're able to do these things, create these amazing storylines. You're able to hire these amazing cast of characters to help you with this. So that really helps me think that, okay, for Grand Theft Auto six, whenever, or if that ever comes out, we can actually expect something really great and really huge. So I think, and do not mark my words on this, but I think I might actually go back to Grand Theft Auto five, just to try out this storyline and see if it's worth it after, what, eight years? Yeah, it's been a long huh. time. It, it Actually, really funny. I never beat Grand Theft Auto V. Never finished it. Grand Theft Auto V, I think, was the only Grand Theft Auto I beat. It's my <laughs> X2. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Too, huh? yeah. It, it's my 10 it's my too. But um, <laughs> anywho, Chris, you played Psychonauts, right? Yeah, the original. The original. You never played number two. I have not played it yet, but it is on my backlog. It's. Yeah, I think I, it's going to be on my... Go ahead, Mason. No, I was going to say, I've, I've played the original, but I have not played uh, the sequel. Well, I think the sequel was able to be reviewed pretty highly across the board. And uh, as we talked about with the Video Game Awards, the VGAs, it is a contender for a game of the year. Well, it's... Psychonauts 2 is actually already winning quite a few awards um, because I think it was the what the Golden Joystick yeah. has named has named it the Game of the Year Xbox Game of the Year the Golden Joystick. Yeah, it's pretty. It's actually a really really awesome uh, like uh, award. For no, me. and that's actually a pretty prestigious award too in video games. So I'm I'm definitely happy that they uh, are getting some recognition. Oh, absolutely. And when you just look into it, Psychonauts 2 is probably Phil Spencer's game of the year. And people are asking for the uh, actual video game awards why Psychonauts 2 should win game of the year. Now, did you guys get an opportunity to vote for the VGA, the video game awards this year? Yeah. Yes. 
And who did you guys vote for your game of the year? I voted Psychonauts. I voted Death I did not play any of the other ones. I, I didn't play any of the others Death because Forza Horizon is not on there. Yeah, I voted Deathloop as well. Because I think that when it when it just comes down to like which game, in my opinion, had more fanfare and talk, I feel like Deathloop had it over Psychonauts. That's fair. Um, but since we never played it, we're kind of just going off based off our personal opinions. And if Psychonauts 2 is already winning game like game awards, maybe yeah. it, it might have a contender video game because uh, video game awards. Might might sneak up and win this award. <laughs> yeah, maybe Jade Empire will too. I told you guys about the Jade Empire update, didn't I? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, there is never going to be a Jade Empire two. They just said, and they wanted to shoot it like they wanted to make Jade Empire two a thousand years into the future, and I was like, that was your first mistake. Why would you do that? Yeah. Um, but no Jade Empire two. Yeah, but I'm sure a lot of people who were hoping for a Jade Empire two probably got laid off from that team. And that's something we're seeing more and more as the quality assurance team, as well as the beta testers for the Call of Duty has also been laid off. Now, this was a really sad story, especially yeah, right before. I, I was very disappointed, honestly. Yeah, this was absolutely terrible, especially since I like it hit home to me because I, I work in QA. Yeah. Software. Yeah. And, and this uh, news does no favors for, you know, again, Activision Blizzard. <laughs> never, never any favor to them. So, and, and I think what was the bigger kicker of this whole thing is that they were promised, like these testers were promised raises by Activision. And Activision was just like, well, we're going to raise you to the unemployment rights, unemployment lines, what we're going to do. And this kind of reminds me of, this is kind of a tangent and I'll, I'll briefly touch on it and then we'll continue on with the story. But uh, it reminds me of a recent, another layoff that occurred with another company. I've, I'm trying to remember the, the name of the actual company itself off the top of my head, but it's some Kellogg? like, what's that? Kellogg? No, 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 not Kellogg. Um, that's Kellogg, another, okay, that's another thing. Um, in itself, but it was this online company that dealt with um, like mortgages and shit. I'm, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I do not. Uh, better.com. Better. Yes. Better.com. Yes. Thank you. All right. So better.com decides um, to lay off 900 or 15, roughly 15% of its workforce via a Zoom call you know, right at Christmas time. And it's like, it's such a slap in the face and very just um, disheartening for those, those workers who got laid off and just, just really, really shitty of the CEO uh, who has a uh, track record of just um, failing. Right. And what's fun, what's crazy is in his layoff video for his employees, he's just like, no, this is the second time I've had to do this. And it's not easy. I'm like, oh, so it's the second time? Oh, what do you think the problem is? Probably him. Tim. Now, how would you guys, and this is an honest question, how would you guys feel if you started your work day and they're like, hey, we're going to have a meeting, a company-wide meeting at around 10 o'clock. Company-wide meetings are not that uh, not that unnormal. I have no. them quite frequently. Um, and on the company-wide meeting, which I think lasted a total of six minutes, yes. you found out you were getting laid off. 
Oh, I'd be so, devastated. Funny thing is, this happened to me. Really? Uh, yes. So at my last company, I didn't get. I wasn't the one that got laid off. So, all right, this is this is going to dive down a little rabbit hole real quick. Let's go. <laughs> so basically, there was like I started. It was like let's say a Tuesday morning. Started Tuesday morning. Um, there was there was two meetings. If you were in one meeting, your job was safe. If you were in another meeting, you got laid off. And this is all over Zoom because of COVID. Um, so this was this was last year, I believe. Um, and so what happened was, is it was like a pre-recorded like Zoom call. You joined oh, the no. meeting, and this this recording played. It was of my like um, my director of uh, engineering, um, and it's just him talking for five. Like it was like three to five minutes, and then it just stops. Like it, it like it wasn't him like live like answering questions or anything. It was straight just a recording, and it stopped, kicked them from the call. Then they removed, um, they removed all the people's who got laid off access to all the systems about twenty minutes later. Wow! And so I was on the other call where we were let know we like they let us know that they just let go all those people. Yeah, because I remember hearing about the story because our sister Jewel had just started working there, yeah. and your previous company was ranked as like a, a best place to work that yes. same year. Yes. And to have just it just so unexpected because mm-hmm. you think you're doing such a, an amazing job. You're hearing about your company making all these profits in the better.com example. They actually raised seven hundred million dollars in capital, not including the amount of money they're paying their CEO. And, oh, we're still we're going to lay off everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It's sad. I hate it. It, is. it really yes. is. And I, yes. my heart goes out to the, the QA folks at um, Activision Blizzard with the uh, Call of Duty franchise. I mean, that is just such a hard pill to swallow. And I, I do hope that they land on their feet. I hope yeah, the same yeah. to them. If any of them are listening to this uh, podcast, um, if you ever want to like, get out of the gaming software QAing and want to get to like regular software, let me know. Um, yeah. I do just regular business software. Be sure to hit us up and we can take it from there. Yeah. Now, yes, before we finish up, Mason, uh, I know you've been doing a, working on a review. Would you like to share it with the podcast? Uh, sure, if you don't mind. It's a, of course, um, I, love I can do, do the full review or I can uh, uh, um, do an abridged version if you like. Whatever makes you the most comfortable. Because I know we're running a little close to time. Yeah. Yeah, just do the abridged if, you, if you're able to. Yeah, of course. All right. So last podcast, um, I started off with saying how I was watching the you know, League of Legends animated series known as Arcane, and I didn't get a chance to you know, finish it uh, last week. But this week, I am very happy to report that I did end up finishing it and can give a you know kind of a full slash abridged review on it. Uh, so when when we talk about like video game adaptations, like what comes to your guys' minds? Uh, video game adaptations, usually the first thing that comes to my mind is how terrible it's going to be. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Like what comes to your mind? Um, I think of movies like uh, Assassin's Creed or Monster Hunter. Okay. Um, 
Monster Hunter, actually, I actually liked. Mm-hmm. Like, but I know that's not just an unpopular opinion. But there have mm-hmm. been some really bad um, video game to like movie adaptations mm-hmm. or TV show. Yeah, like when 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 I think of adaptations for video games, like it elicits thoughts of like Silent Hill, uh, Resident Evil, Street Fighter, um, unfortunately Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> um, oh my God, like Mortal Kombat, and then with like animated adaptations of video games you know i think of you know street fighter again uh fatal fury sonic the hedgehog and of course like pokemon and as we've all stated here and as our viewers know like the track record with these adaptations have been really less than stellar but that's not to say there haven't been a few outliers like um netflix has been making really great strides in adapting video games to tv at least to me they have and the last one that really stuck out to me was uh castlevania did, did you guys end up checking that out i did you not did. check out castlevania unfortunately very yeah, I watched, good uh the first season i think uh yeah. i did not continue on i forgot to like pick it back up <laughs> well i i highly recommend picking it back up um they did the show really good justice showed it very very good care um and in my opinion it was the best like video game adaptation like of all time you know uh but that title was snatched by league of legends arcane at least to me um and as we all know it was developed by riot games who make League of Legends, and it was also uh, animated by Fortiche Production. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's like F-O-R-T-I-C-H-E. So yeah, that's, I, I don't know. That's a good guess. <laughs> like it's either like Fortiche or Fortiche. But anywho, um, if you haven't watched it, I highly, highly recommend watching it. I, I feel like this series uh can be watched by anyone because you don't need to be familiar with league of legends the video game you can just walk right into it and not know jack shit about the game itself which is fantastic because the fact that you don't need to know anything it really um increases the quality of enjoyment it it really does um but in terms of like writing characters sound and animation like everything is just top tier like it's honestly a master class in how you should handle like a video game adaptation for tv and um not to like spoil anything the there, there's like this one scene in particular that um shows the character of jinx or powder and it combines the scene with like this musical piece and it combines together in this like really moving moment that like almost made me cry. Like for, for a show to do that to, to me really um, says a lot. And I I think that the show itself just combines all these unique elements uh, and very clever techniques in conjunction, like with this masterful animation that really kind of coalesce in a like perfect harmony and it really just resonates with the with the audience and it, it'll really have you on the edge of your, uh, edge of your seat and you'll want more of it and luckily you'll get more with a season two uh so again i consider this really essential viewing 
for anybody. Highly recommend watching, and I would really rate it like a perfect 10 out of 10. All right. Now that's from straight from the horse's mouth, y'all. Yeah, I would so rate it that high as well. If you, haven't, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. All right. And on that note, we are at time. As always, I want to thank you all for joining us for another installment of the Uninformed Gamers. I am one of your hosts, Darkness Tiger. You can find me controlling the Twitter page at Uninformed Gamers. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe, and share with your thoughts with us. People who give in their thoughts really like what we do. They think that we're really funny. They think we're really entertaining. And they think Mesa's mics is usually really bad. <laughs> so. <laughs> so on that regard you guys go ahead and do your sign offs chris go ahead all right i am uh, chameleon or chris you find me at chameleon games on twitter and at uh twitch.tv slash i chameleon i that's the best ways to get a hold of me and i have been mason also known as rad dreams i apologize for my uh tech technology trip ups here today hopefully next week I'll have all my new laptop stuff figured out. Um, but you can always find me on my YouTube channel, Rad Dreams Review, where you can watch my full review of Arcane. I did a video of it. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And I'm going to be posting up some some more stories and you know reactions and reviews later on. So give me a follow and subscribe. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Rad underscore Dreams and Twitch, Rad underscore Dreams. But yeah, it's been it's been awesome, guys. All right, guys, we will catch you guys later. Bye. Bye. Later.